Welcome to another episode of On the Line. I'm Joe Mullings, and I'm here with the lovely Maria Peters. <laughs> yes. Excited to be here. Thank you. Excellent. And the reason why I have Maria on today is we're going to be discussing a like a moving target in the market today, a career in healthcare robotics. And uh, Maria is one of the lead players in this space, especially in our firm and certainly her and her team in the market. So we're going to banter about what you should be thinking about when you're pursuing a career in healthcare robotics. And I use healthcare robotics on purpose because too many people call it surgical robotics. And robotics can be used mm-hmm. in diagnostics um, as well as other areas of healthcare. So, welcome yeah. aboard, Maria. This is your Thank very you. first one with me, aren't you? It is. I'm excited. And I was just going to add a note onto that, too. I think surgical robotics in particular gives the impression that you're replacing the physician, whereas robotics and healthcare in general helps to augment a physician's capabilities and a surgeon's capabilities. She's going deep right away on me, team. <laughs> right away. <laughs> so yeah, straight. Maria's right. One of the things that's important is, and again, we're, we're, we're going to call out a couple companies in this, just to give you as examples, not judgments on them, but just examples mm-hmm. in the marketplace. And what you want to consider when you're making career decisions, uh, we always talk about the mm-hmm. Gretzky analogy is care about the job you're taking today, but more importantly, care about what that job's gonna look like and what that market's gonna look like in three years. And how you're mapping what you're doing today to move into that. Give me a little more detail on that. Three to five years. Give me some specificity for our people. uh, In general, I mean, you should always be indexing towards what's your next three to five years. And and people tend to look at a career as a trajectory, right? So maybe you have a young gun starting off one or two years in the market and I wanna be CEO someday. Great. Focus on your next two to five. And what are you doing today? What's your next step after two to five? If CEO is your trajectory, great. But you got to do the ladders on the or the rungs on the ladder in order to get there. Yeah. Um, So don't lose sight of that. So don't be in a rush. Don't be in a rush. Drive hard, but be patient. Mm -hmm. Yep. Yep. Um, And there's a couple different categories of robotics now, right? So everybody hears about. the marquee names. We've got uh, certainly the 800-pound gorilla, Intuitive. Uh, and again, huge props to them for actually birthing the market for, for all intents and purposes. Mm-hmm. And Gary's done a great job with them. And then we've got the large organizations yet to be commercialized following up. And these are the companies that we like to call in our organization, you're trying to boil the ocean with your robot, meaning an entire ecosystem, right? So right. in there, you've got Medtronic, and you've got, you got verb, verb, right? Yep. And those are the large uh, players that are threatening the um, large ecosystem. Mm-hmm. Comments on those, observations on those? So I, there's a place for everything, right? And an intuitive paving the way in that market in particular has already proven that, right? There is a need for it long-term. Now, I think like any big players, you can only have a few. And I'm saying big players, meaning map that towards ecosystems in this capacity. Um, I think there's only needed to be a few in that arena Mm -hmm. um, because there's only so much. I think once we scale back, and I know we're gonna get into this in a little bit, but once you scale back on the more targeted approaches, um, 
it opens the door for so much more need, both on the surgeon's end because it's targeted and those physicians who are doing those surgeries are doing hundreds and, I mean, I don't wanna give a number here, hundreds, thousands a year in one specific target therapeutic area. Mm -hmm. And so what that does then is it just, it gives you so much more leverage as an organization and as a company producing those. Yeah, and for those out there that are saying uh, this surgical robotic or healthcare robotics market might be a bubble or a flash in the pan, a couple metrics for you. And I, and I read this yesterday doing my homework. So in 2005, Intuitive had a market cap of $1.3 billion in 2005. As of yesterday, it was $59 billion. Um, and so you can't see the chart in Radio Land. But this is the chart I'm talking about right now. That's a cap table, I mean, uh, the market cap for Intuitive. Why is that important? Because it started in 16, the market cap was at 30 billion. Since 16, it's almost doubled. And so that market cap is showing adoption on a large ecosystem. Mm -hmm. um, it's showing that there's money to be made um, and Intuitive is interesting, and I mean, this is not the intuitive party, but it's addressing the large ecosystem. They are now not just selling systems, but now they've got operating leases and usage-based agreements, which are really important. Because what they've got is they've got a 34% uptick in sales, and I don't care about the sales, I care about the procedures being done because the data is going to make that surgical robotics market and healthcare robotics market fully acceptable because we need the data to prove the point. And right now, Intuitive is the only company at scale in the large ecosystem mm -hmm. that can actually collect data. Right. And now, what mean, does that mean to careers, though? <laughs> I knew you were going to go there. I was. <laughs> Beat me to the punch. Um, Personally, how I see it from a careers is, so you have the large ecosystems, but we're also talking about these other organizations that have the more targeted therapeutic approach. So that that you've got your spinal ortho in that with Globus, um, Stryker, Mako, Mazur, Medtronic just acquired. So Rosa. yada, 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 right? Um, you got Oris with the Monarch platform. That's a brand new diagnostic approach. Um, so what this all means, coupled with the big ecosystems, coupled with um, that are already in the market, what this means to you as a career projection is, listen, robotics is only going to continue to grow. It's only going to continue to um, get deeper into the industry and being on the forefront of that, getting in now, you're getting exposure to these complex systems, um, electromechanical systems from the software side, you have the data, imaging, navigation, everything along those lines. and. 10 years down the road, robotics aren't going away. There's only going to be more of them. So now 10 years from now in your career, you can become the subject matter expert on these complex devices. Yeah, and, and the categories that you wanna look at are, just don't look at the robot itself. So look at the ecosystem supporting the robot. You wanna look at workflow. Um, acquisitions going on by the large strategics and even the mid caps on acquiring workflow companies. Um, the imaging component, right? Very few robotic platforms exist without imaging of some mm -hmm. sorts, and certainly navigation. Uh, and then the entire um, side, the data side, and how that tucks into the cloud, 
And then somebody's going to be managing the relationship between the big infotech companies, the Googles, the Apples, the Amazons, the Samsungs, the IBMs, and the robotic or the healthcare robotic company. And we've seen that, not naming clients, but we've worked with a number of clients that are partnering mm -hmm. with an outside infotech giant, and they themselves are a medtech giant, and there's an entire cadre of people managing the relationship there as well, because mm -hmm. that's really where I think there's enormous opportunity uh, in regards to just saying I work on a robot. Right, and I think I think we're at the cusp of all of that as well in terms of the software and the data on it, because, I mean, we've been talking about it internally and what we've seen from a market standpoint and how software in med tech is literally just catching up over the past, I would say, significantly three years to what the outside tech world has been able to do. And with that, we have yet to see, one, what's all the data that we're getting from these devices, and that's, that's not just robotics, that's everything. Um, and then how we use that data. Um, and partnering with those big strategics, like you've mentioned, whether it's the Google, the Apple, the Amazon, they've been dealing with data since the Inception internet came out. Yeah. That's right. And, and here's, here's something to understand too. What I love most about the, let's call it digital health and healthcare robotics space, is that we are finally moving to a world of platform companies versus product companies. And, and I had a little uh, online about this Good late point. last week. So we're finally seeing solutions being um, viewed through a platform solution being digital and or robotics. Historically, MedTech has always bragged about they've got the best stent um, or the best catheter uh, or the best um, insert endolapro device here. Now we're looking at a huge platform approach where you're going to have more of a broader longitudinal view of the patient, i.e. the customer, mm -hmm. um, from maintaining health, um, eventually diagnosing a situation, treating that, and then again, longitudinally following that person with massive data sets. And again, not just in healthcare robotics, but also in digital health. Mm -hmm. So more and more now, you're going to see these large Medtronics, J&Js, maybe Boston Sci, um, companies moving into this digital platform. Right, and you're getting the data right away, right? I mean, Well, eventually you're getting the data, right? Right, you're eventually getting the data. More and, instantaneously. Yeah, <laughs> and, and, and that's important because you need a commercial robot. That's why mm -hmm. our friends, and again, friends and fans of J&J, &J, Alex Skorsky wants a robot mm -hmm. at all costs. He has to have a robot. Um, few reasons. One is you learn so much. Right now Medtronic got their robot with uh, uh, Mako, mm -hmm. right? I mean with uh, Mazur, yep. right? So when you look at the large players, Stryker has their robot, Medtronic has their robot. Granted, not in general surgery. Intuitive mm -hmm. obviously has their robot, Globus. right? Zimmer has their robot, Globus has their robot. Mm -hmm. I think standing there right now, and don't tell me about orthotaxy out in uh, uh, Europe, that's not a robotic play yet. J&J um, and Alex need a robot in a bad way. Right, and I mean, look at those bundling capabilities. On, uh, or from, just learn the workflow, like, right? right? So there's a, there's a guy out there who said, and I'm not gonna say who he is, um, but he's, I call him the godfather of robotics. He said, you really don't know how your robot system's gonna work until you put it out in the field and you start commercially using it. Right. Right. And so that's one clinically. And then secondarily, a company like J&J, &J, and again, I'm just using an example, it's not fault or you know, uh, 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 props. Mm -hmm. 
there you learn so much when you sell a piece of CapEx, and then you learn so much when you sell a healthcare robotic system, and then you learn so much what data really means, because just accessing the data doesn't mean it's actionable. Correct. Right. And so all of these, as we give you these, you need to have a career hat on is, okay, where can I fit in there? As you put out, healthcare, med tech, had the lamest software people <laughs> in the industry up till around three, four years ago. Because mm -hmm. we just never made anything that was cool or sexy software-wise. Right. Compared to commercial. And now everything has overlaying software. And we're seeing where... MedTech, too, used to be very much an old boys club, right? You had to have medical device in order to get into medical device mm -hmm. and wouldn't look at anybody outside of that. Software in particular has really opened the floodgates on that. And I love it because not only are you getting the best and the best on the software side and the development side, but it's also, I think, opened up minds within MedTech of, okay, we can teach the regulations if the individuals want to be here and we can teach those requirements. Um, but you're getting so much more diversity of thought and the crossover opportunities from from the semiconductor, from gaming. defense, gaming, from all of these different places across mechanical, electrical, systems integration, systems engineering. Um, I can't tell you how strong systems and systems integration have that are coming out of like your defense and aerospace companies because their processes are so built out. And now you're bringing that into these complex ecosystems um, within your robotics imaging in particular, and they're being able to bring that diversity of thought. Well, that, because again, the med tech industry, so those listening uh, uh, to this podcast, if you're in med tech, you sort of know um, how cool med tech is. If you're not in med tech uh, and you're in aerospace or you're in consumer products or, or something like that, mm -hmm. you know, ask yourself, would you rather get paid $150,000, $200,000 a year to keep somebody on the Facebook algorithm three seconds longer as they watch another kitty video? Or would you be interested in building out a technology that will save your grandmothers, your grandfathers, your sons, your daughters, your best friend's life? Yep, and that's what I love about every company that we step into, every client that we work with. Every single one of the individuals that you meet with, it's they are so passionate about the work that we're doing because mm -hmm. what we're doing is going to save lives. It's going to change it. and from a career perspective, I, like you said, I don't think it can get any better than that. Yeah, and so I get a lot of questions. Where do I think the surgical robotics world's gonna go? I get them daily. And so I wish I could give you that answer. I couldn't even potentially. But here's the, the cousin to that answer. Somebody reminded me that it's only been 11 years since the iPhone was released. Just let that settle in for a second. <laughs> 11 years, and now we cannot move a step anywhere in our lives or sleep without it next to us every minute of our lives. And this goes back to that ecosystem or product. iPhone is an ecosystem, apps on its screen are a product. And I think MedTech is gonna be that way. I, I think that you're gonna have the J&Js, the Medtronics, um, the Edwards of the world, uh, the Boston size, you can go down the list, going to have partnerships with big infotech and there's going to be apps within the digital robotic ecosystem that individuals should keep their eyes peeled for. Mm -hmm. Now, keep in mind, Apple doesn't make any of their own apps, so I'm, I'm helping you with the little story here. Apple creates an open architecture that allows apps to be sold in and has an engagement 
place on their platform. MedTech will be the same. MedTech will have apps on the large ecosystems and they will be, again, workflow, will be training, will be AR, VR, right? You, you mm -hmm. don't want your experience to be on your first patient. You want to get that through a training lab in AR and VR. Mm -hmm. So from a career perspective, the robot eventually becomes commoditized. It already is happening. KUKA has their own robots, mm -hmm. right? A robot is a robot. It's, it's gears, pulleys, right? That's all it is. Drives, motors, clutches. Mm -hmm. You can only squeeze so much out of, out mm -hmm. of that. But what you can squeeze a lot out is the sensors and the data. So as you look at careers in healthcare, digital healthcare robotics, don't look at the obvious. Don't get wrapped around the axle on the robot. Get wrapped around the axle on the entire ecosystem on that. Very interesting. Oh, and one other thing yes. before I forget. Um, for all the naysayers out there or the people aren't sure, whenever you have new tech hit the market, it's totally normal for the market to have the naysayers who take that new tech and are always facing backwards as they evaluate the legitimacy of that technology, right? Mm -hmm. So we're always looking at that. And again, going back to the iPhone, when the iPhone first came out, and I'm without mine right now, which is rare, where people are like, well, why would you possibly want a phone and email and surf the internet? And right, isn't just this BlackBerry okay? And apparently I was wrong, right? And so the same here is stop calling out robotics or digital that it's not required. You're only making that claim because you're looking in a rearview mirror judging that tech from the way we've always done things. Yeah, good point. And to build on that, so one of the, I know we always build on market leadership, product, and mission, right? Um, beyond that iPhone, you had Steve Jobs, who was the visionary, and who knew maybe that that first design, that first iteration maybe wasn't it. So when you're evaluating your careers, and especially in robotics in particular, but imaging, navigation, anytime you have this complex ecosystem, who is the, at the helm of that? And what have they done? Um, and how have they gotten there? And what is their bigger picture vision? Because the day-to-day -day grind, it, it can get to you. It doesn't matter what position you sit in, what you do, um, there's going to be those days or those weeks that are long. But at the end of the day, you're always working towards that bigger vision, that bigger picture. Yes. Yeah, so, so are you saying then that um, don't get worried too much about the tech you're getting into on healthcare robotics? Just get into it? No, I think it's a full package, right? I, th I think you evaluate all of them. But I don't do I go to a big company? <laughs> that it depends, what do you want? Do you want to be, there's pros and cons to no matter what you step into, right? So if your bigger companies are moving further away from doing the in-house innovation, they still have it, but moving further away from it. Where you go to a smaller organization, you see more of that innovation. You also have the opportunity to um, get your hands onto more things because there's always more projects than there are people. So expanding your wings and you are going to grow sevenfold in a younger organization just based on what you're exposed to and the ability, some of it by, because you're good, you're in there. And some of it also just by the nature of the beast where uh, maybe you wouldn't handle something to a two-year engineer, but we're doing it because we need it. <laughs> yeah. And so here's my view on those two things. Whenever you get a technology that's evolving so rapidly, 
don't be afraid to go into a big company. Because I can guarantee you, in the, in the healthcare robotics and in the healthcare digital world, as you pointed out earlier in regards to jobs and the first effort at the iPhone, there are always follow-up technologies that are leapfrogging what they plan on putting out in the market right now. Mm -hmm. So if I'm putting out a healthcare robotic play right now, and let's just say I got FDA approval and I'm just starting to commercialize and sell, mm -hmm. that is not a static market. Again, it's not like right. the linear medical device market we've been used to. And again, this is where I'm going to challenge our listeners. Don't get caught up that it's a catheter or a stent um, or an endolapro device because that, again, is linear growth. Is can, What's the next gen look like? Well, it's a different color. It's got a different little trigger on it. It's got a little different handle on it. Oh, the pricing's better. You know, yawn. When you look at digital health and you look at healthcare robotics, I can guarantee you company A has a product out commercialized already. They already, in their backroom skunk works, already have something that blows that away. Okay, and I'm going to back up here just Go for ahead. my own clarification. When you're talking big company, I mean, are we talking anything bigger than 20 people? Or are you talking over 200, 300 in the healthcare robotics world? So, in other words, okay. I can guarantee you that little side projects going on in a company like Intuitive right now. Uh, and again, know the culture. So, again, this is this advice is all over the place. Gary still believes to this day that he has the best engineers in the world, and he mm -hmm. might. He might. I'm not going to argue that. Which means that amazing things are going on there because he can retain them because they always want to work on these new projects. Right. But look, there's a lot to learn on all sides of this. There's sensor being developed, mm -hmm. probably outside, mm -hmm. right? So you don't have to go to a big company. My point is, is if you're in digital health and healthcare robotics and you're in a big company, don't worry about it, right? Because you're going to have product right. out. You're going to be learning from data. You're going to be able to get the data dumps. That's again, depending on who you are, software mm -hmm. engineer. I mean, if you're a died in the world, early stage, kinematic mechanism, robotics guy, meh, you might not want to go there. You may want to go to another company. Right. And so I'm, I'm going to asterisk this. This yeah. is where you're defining big company as two to 300, maybe a couple thousand like Intuitive, not the big company like Medtronic's, Boston Side, J&J's, sitting inside of those. No, well, yeah. in, if you're in the robotic group, right? Right. If yep. you're in the robotic group. So, um, again, we're talking about digital health, healthcare mm -hmm. robotics here. Mm -hmm. I would also say just get in the game. So if you're listening to this and um, you only know five, six, or seven robotics companies off the top of your head, you're missing about 60 or 70. Uh, and th those are the people who actually have a robot. And then those that skinny up alongside them, like imaging technologies, mm -hmm. So I'm going to drop a couple names. Go look at Canon USA up in Cambridge, Massachusetts. They're not on anybody's radar screen. I was at JP Morgan sitting with a number of large investors and VCs uh, and CEOs. Hadn't even heard of Canon. They've got three huge projects going on. They're going to scare the bejesus out of some of the current medical device, healthcare robotics companies coming out. And I, I feel comfortable saying that. Um, and then you've got a ton of other players out there in the imaging, navigation, tissue characterization. So don't only rely on the things that say robotics in it. Mm -hmm. Yep. And I, I think to your point too, get in the game is get in the game. 
right? Because, and and robotics in particular happens to encompass all three of these major subsets, right? Robotics, imaging, and navigation. You can go into imaging, you can go into navigation, you can have those subsets, but robotics is really the one that is, no matter what the platform is, encompassing all three of those. And from a career trajectory, everything is going to be relying on the imaging, navigation, data capabilities. That's right, and then also sensors. So we're a big fan of sensor technology as well. Um, There's a number of organizations out there right now, and on the sensor side, you want to start to index towards people who are making either 3D, um, VR, AR. Uh, That stuff won't see commercial light of day for a couple years, but the experience that you get for two or three years is going to be interesting to the companies that eventually have to build out their own vision systems. Mm -hmm. And vision systems never go without a sensor technology behind it. Correct. Um, so you can get yourself wrapped into a lot of areas. Um, I like that space, uh, especially so because it tends to be regionalized. Right now, most of the big robotics companies are out in San Fran, a few up in Boston, um, and a couple down here in Florida with our friends over at Mako. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, that spun out also Missouri magically went and took some of those people. But you can look and maybe not have to reload if you're in Detroit or in your Cleveland or if you're in Southern Cal. Look at one-offs on the sensor side of things um, and look at one-offs on training, simulation. Simulation companies are super interesting. And we're giving you this advice because we review thousands of resumes a month for our healthcare robotics clients. And they all are able to see that as an alignment technology, maybe not necessarily coming out of a robotic play. Yep, I agree. Um, and then before I forget our friends, because I don't want to leave off our friends in the sales world, um, there aren't that many commercial robots out there right now, I know. And whenever there's another one coming to market, um, everybody wants to run and, and get their you know hat in the ring, which is totally cool. Um, my guidance to you would be the following. Uh, first of all, look at the company that you want to go to work for and go to LinkedIn and see who in that company you might have worked at previously with, right? Mm -hmm. So there's a lot of alumnus in there. That's number one. Number two is uh, elegantly elegantly reach out to the VPs on the commercial side, sales, marketing, market development, business development, and certainly HR. Um, Touch base with them. Let them know that you're interested. Let them know the region you're in. Um, If you don't hear anything back, don't sweat it. Put a marker on your calendar for 60 days out. Reach out again, 60 days out, reach out again. You basically want to be standing there eventually when they lift up their head to see and fill that spot. Right, and and don't underestimate too, we, we were talking about the targeted therapeutic approach with robotics in general. So whether it's the orthospine, our friends at Corindus with the core path. Um, if you have, let's say, let's use Corindus. If you have cath lab experience, that, that cardiology experience, peripheral vascular, leverage that into those and you know oris has the pulmonary what's your leverage there um you can always map back to that even if you don't specifically have robotics experience yeah and a capex is important and as disease state's always important but you've got to make up your own story about that you're right mm-hmm. my point is is if you reached out um just again ticket every 60 days uh, eventually they're going to be moving towards that commercial hire mm-hmm. it may not just be on the immediate because salespeople tend to Oof, they have no patience, uh, which makes them great people on sales side. Uh, but elegantly continue to reach out, but don't become a royal PITA. Perfect. Right? Well said. 
You want to add anything else as we close this out, Ms. Peters? No, I think that was, I think we covered a lot. Yeah. So again, overview of uh, a career in healthcare robotics uh, and digital because they play in together. Uh, certainly feel free to chime in, send an email to Maria, maria at mullingsgroup.com or joe at mullingsgroup.com. <laughs> um, we right now, I've, how many, probably more than 40 searches in the healthcare robotics world going on right now, right? Easily. Yeah. Yeah. Would you get to work? I, you're tying me up. I know, I know. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, this has been another episode of On the Line. I'm Joe Mullings. I'm Maria Peters. Have a great day. <laughs>